Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you pets the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Welcome back, perfect peeps, to Perfect.dev. Today we're talking all about building up better communities with Brian. What up, Brian? Hey, y'all. How's it going? Great. Well, fantastic. Glad to have you. Yeah, excited so, to be here. For those who don't know, Brian is actually in Michigan with us, and it's a, yeah. a cold time when we're recording. My Winter here, Wonderland. There's, so there's snow happening. It's been happening for five hours and will continue happening for the next 12. It's great. <laughs> oh, I hate <laughs> to hear so it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Brian, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of do an intro? Sure. Yeah. Well, my name is Brian Robinson. In most places online, you can find me as B-Rob, B-R-O-B. Um, one of those great four, uh, four-letter four Twitter handles that I got because I joined Twitter in 2007, like January 07. So like, important to join these places immediately when they when they happen. Credit. Fun fact, my first tweet on Twitter is like, I don't understand this. It's terrible. It's <laughs> dumb. I don't like it. Like, okay. There's uh, a lot of those. Uh, it wasn't yeah. Katie Couric one. No, I don't know. That was the internet. But I bet now I spend my life there. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been doing some form of web design development for about 15 years. Um, so, you know, started debugging IE6 and IE7 and doing all the fun CSS stuff. Um, so I've, do- I've done a little bit of everything. Uh, but for the past like four or five years, I've been pretty focused on developer education. Uh, so first writing articles uh, in the off hours of my day job and then uh, eventually uh, quitting my day job, going indie for a little bit, and offering some courses on CSS, uh, building up a podcast, uh, and then eventually uh, in 2020, joining the ranks of what we call the dev, DevRel world, right? Developer relations. Uh, and I've been doing that for a couple years now, and I'm now currently at uh, Orbit, uh, orbit.love, and it's a I used to call it a DevRel tool company, uh, but in reality, it's a community building company and so we have a product that has insights into your metrics as a community not as a product but it's primarily focused around communities of products so places like the places that used to work as well as uh, really if you've got a developer advocate team you probably care about the metrics that orbit cares about uh, and so that's that's what i've been doing for a grand total of about three weeks now so you're you're getting me early in this uh, but I've been using Orbit uh, at those two previous jobs doing uh, DevRel, as well as for my personal brand for a couple of years now. That's really awesome. Um, do you mind telling us a couple of the companies you were at previously? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So most recently, I was at Algolia uh, doing developer relations there. And then previously to that, I was at Sanity.io, the uh, content platform, the structured content platform. <laughs> Not a CMS, not a headless CMS, like structured oh, content platform. I've been mistaking uh, this for so long. Yeah, me still, too. Still huge fan of, of both those products. And Sanity is involved in like half of my side projects, right? Like that that is what powers the content to, uh, to my blog and quite a few other places too. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I can't remember if I stumbled into talking with you at Sanity or Algolia, but we crossed paths at one point. Yep. <laughs> I think that was during my sanity time, but yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Can you tell us more about how you found Orbit then and how you transitioned to Orbit from Algolia? When I was looking to get into professional DevRel, like I, indie work was not paying the bills. Pandemic had just happened. It's like, let's, let's get, let's, let's, let's join the professional ranks again. Um, 
I started interviewing and I interviewed at Sanity and some other places, but um, I had kind of formed up this mental model for how I thought DevRel should be done. And a person that I knew from like 2012, I, I was in the startup ecosystem in, in the Memphis area in 2012. Uh, and I ran across a guy named Patrick Woods um, and we were part of the same, they call it seed hackers at the time. We were helping the startups in this incubator with various things. He from like a more marketing writing side, me from a design development side, um, had a few conversations, nothing major, went our separate ways, hadn't thought about each other in a while, but he had started um, a, a consultancy for DevRel. I was like, Patrick Woods is talking about DevRel? Cool, like, let me let me see. And uh, and he and, and Orbit's co-founder, Josh, had written a, um, I don't wanna call it like a manifesto, but kind of, about how to think about doing DevRel. As it turns out, how to think about doing communities of product in communities in general, uh, but they called it the Orbit model. And it's this idea that um, you don't have a funnel when it comes to communities, right? Like, you don't bring people in at the top of the funnel and you shoot them out into the sales org at the bottom you have this idea of a high gravity community. So you have people who are kind of exploring the community, they're out in space, they, they kind of see your brand, they come a little closer, you grab them and you convince them to come a little bit closer and, you, and they do these new actions and activities in your community and eventually they go from being an exploring member of your community to a contributing member of your community all the way up to a building member of your community and they're the moderators and they're the people who are creating content around your product and all these different things. And so it's this really interesting idea that for my community, I mean, to a degree, I care about getting people into a product, but I more care about a healthy community. I more care about people wanting to engage with whatever the product is and engage with each other, both about the product, but also just as humans. And so it was this, this long blog post, uh, you can find out more about it in our GitHub. There's actually an Orbit model uh, RFC and spec and stuff like that because it's a very developer-centric company. Um, and you can go to orbitmodel.com to like see like a flashy look at it. But uh, it's this idea that really resonated with me. It was before I was doing DevRel. And so like it's the way I thought about building my personal little education brand. And then every interview I've done since, that's how I talked about it. And when I found out they had a product, which wasn't the initial intent, right? They just, they had a DevRel consultancy. They had a product. I was like, I, I got to get in on this. And so I DM Patrick forever ago now. I was like, hey, remember me? Guy that, you know, came up in the same in the same area. And like, he gave me personal access. And we had some conversations around that. And then I, luckily when I joined Sanity, they were already, they already had Orbit. They weren't utilizing it all that much. But like, I was able to dive in and play with it. Like, really insightful, cool stuff happening. And so just as things kind of progressed, uh, I kept kind of like reaching out to, uh, to, to Patrick when they were still like a three-person company being like, I'd love to be with you guys. Like, Let this, me is, this is great stuff. Like, this is because I, I like the idea of like the meta education. I like educating around products. Like, I yeah. love my work at Sanity and at Algolia. I love doing all that stuff. But like, the, the teach the teachers methodology, like, yeah. here's how you can do DevRel. Here's how you can then sell DevRel internally when you've got like execs that don't understand community is important to a product. Um, here, here's some metrics that you can give them to be like, look at how good this is. This, this is going to be great for our bottom line and all that good stuff. I'm going to have to read that blog post and we'll have to put it in the show notes, but that visualization you gave just made such perfect sense how you are bringing people into your community as like the orbit. They're coming closer to you. So that made perfect sense to me. And I, I love that. 
And how, when we get in, oh. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you'll learn, I just, I just go. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, you're fine. Like one of the fun things, right, is that technically when we start getting into like business speak, it can work with your funnel. It works kind of alongside it. And so there's actually a diagram on that orbitmodel.com that is the ice cream diagram. And it's yeah, the orbit, we- which is like the big circle up top. And it's got its own little thing happening. And then some of those community members just happen to go into the funnel. And so there's an ice cream cone underneath it. And like the ice cream drips down into the ice cream cone of the funnel. But the community and the DevRels and all that, they're not pushing top of funnel. Their end goal is not top of funnel. It's a very healthy, cyclical, high gravity community that happens to also, you know, bring people into the funnel at the end. Just that's not our end goal. Our end goal is the circle. The cone at the bottom is just kind of the happy accident there. Yeah. So can you tell us more how Orbit might help you grow your community? What metrics are available and what is there? So it's all about this kind of activity and interaction model. So I, not necessarily Orbit, I break metrics up into like what I kind of like call vanity metrics and like real metrics. And so like your Twitter following, right? is semi-important because that's obviously reach and it kind of shows how big of an audience you have, but it doesn't necessarily show that you have an engaged community there. And so you can track in orbit and in many tools, I'm, I'm sure your Twitter following, right? You can see how that grows and that, how that comes and goes and all that. But like, we also care about the conversations that happen and the engagement that happens, not the engagement in terms of like, I like that blog post, but in terms of everything from, hey, that's a really cool thing. I want to tell everyone about it in my own way, in my own platform to like, hey, this thing doesn't make sense in the product. Because that's like me as a DevRel, right? Not necessarily as a community builder, but as a DevRel, I care so much about that feedback. And I can track and I can see, all right, this person that says this doesn't make sense. They're a completely new community member. They're in that orbit level four. They've just barely scratched the surface. Maybe this is a real problem, but maybe it's like, it's an educational problem, right? So maybe I need to reach out to this person and say, hey, where did you go to look to look that method up? And they say, oh, I didn't. It's like, okay, well, it's not a docs issue. Or I looked in the docs, I couldn't find it in the docs. Oh, okay, let's make sure that our educational materials are better. But if it's an Orbit One person that is literally one of our community builders inside of our, our product community, Oh no, <laughs> like this is a problem. Like let's let's divert some engineering resources to this to, to make sure this gets taken care of. It allows me to kind of see over time how much engagement's happening with the brand and with the product and with the community and then change the strategy almost to like match up with what makes the most sense. So that could either be, okay, no one is using our discourse, uh, but everyone is asking questions in Stack Overflow around our tag, around what, whatever it may be, because that also can, can funnel into Orbit. Um, let's adjust our strategy and let's say that maybe discourse in our personal forum or our brand forum isn't working. Let's go try out Stack Overflow's new company stuff. I don't know, I haven't used it yet, but I know that it, that it exists. Let's, let's go ahead and, and make that official over there to give the resources to support to make sure that, that works. Or uh, we started a Discord or a Slack community. And what are the channels that are seeing the most engagement and why? Now, Orbit, yeah. the, the product can't always tell you why, but it's gonna show you 
oh, I'm in this community, this community has high people in job in the JavaScript channel. Okay, like that is telling. What does that mean? Or, How can we take that and do something with it? Exactly. Is that a whole bunch of questions coming in around JavaScript? <laughs> Maybe our JavaScript SDK needs some help or is everyone just super excited and like sharing snippets and stuff like that? Like, and both are super relevant and both are super important. One's a little happier than the other, but the other is great feedback to either product education, docs, community, or maybe like everyone's in, like we have in our discord for orbit, we had a request for a, for a wordle uh, thread. So we didn't make a channel, right? It's in our, so our, our social chat channel. Uh, but there's a thread now and you can post your daily update to it um, every every day. There's 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 one person in there every day. I'm in there every every couple of days. Uh, but it allows you to kind of like see trends, respond to trends. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of like automation stuff we can talk about. Like you can actually, there's an API. So when um, certain, like if you want to integrate with your product, right? And that way you can make sure that every user that uses your product is tagged in orbit. So you can identify this person is orbit level three, so like a participating person and not a user. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either. Just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. Can, can we hold Why? up there? Because you've mentioned levels a couple of times now. So I heard you say four, and that's kind of an outer person, and one is closer to that center orbit. So... Can we like see a visual? Do you have a visual pulled up or something that we could do, uh, Alex? I, yeah, I have the uh, Orbit model site. Maybe that that will help. So on one of the one of the last pages of that, uh, go to try it. Actually, so this this whole thing is like a super cool like run through all the things we care about. We care about things like love and reach and gravity. So if you go to try I, it, I do have the like the full site up as well. If we want to take any looks in there too, so. I was going to get you to the GitHub repository for the Orbit model itself. Cool. So yeah, awesome. There's a couple things with Orbit, right? Like Orbit is as much a methodology and a mindset as it is the product, right? You can go to app.orbit.love and get into the product. But this idea of like not funnel, of gravity, of love, these are part of the, um, part of the mindset and the methodology. So in the triad, there is the Orbit model all the way at the end right there. Yep. Uh, GitHub. So read the re read me file on GitHub. There's a really great orbit level diagram. First thing, here we go. So there's a whole bunch of different things happening here. Um, so if we go to the right hand side of it, is there? I'm terrible at this. Um, Can I view you, the full image? See. You can probably right click on it and get it. Um, maybe GitHub. I, I don't know how does GitHub work? I don't even know. There we go. Uh, there we go. 
Uh, so on the right-hand side in this diagonal, we have those orbit levels. And it's just a, a way of kind of quantifying these kind of slightly more like hippie kind of like <laughs> method pieces. But like orbit level four are people that are exploring your community. So we, we typically call that exploring. It's people who have maybe read a couple pages on the docs or done their first hello world or uh, have just asked a question, like the first question in a forum. They are barely there. They've been slightly pulled in by something, but then they start participating in the community. So they move up to orbit level three. That could be having conversations in your Slack. That could be opening some GitHub issues. That could be opening a pull request. That could be doing a whole bunch of activities. Yeah, can, can we pause a minute and go back to like, they they read something like what are the signals that you're you're picking up from that is it just all webhooks or is there analytics like i'll pretend i'm the gdpr nazi here like how are you getting my data well what, what when it comes to, to data and gdpr we're a processor not a not a house or whatever it is i'm not a security person sure have a security fine. person uh, i'm i'm sure i'm sure our, our security team would be like no don't don't talk like this i don't know um <laughs> but most of it is is fully like open stuff. So you, gotcha. you have some uh, some first party integrations, uh, Twitter, Slack, Discourse, Discord, a um, couple others. They're all just one button click. They integrate. Uh, you log in via Twitter, and then it's going to get all your mentions. You can also do searches. So like if you are um, if you want to make sure that you're tracking everyone that not only says mentions you, but as a product says like. I'll go your sanity, right? Like the places yeah. I've been, they might not mention it, right? But they're going to talk about it and they're probably going to use the name. So you can set up searches and keywords uh, and hashtags okay. and all that. That's what I was kind of curious about. Okay, that makes more sense. So, so it can also have like this idea that we want to be in this specific community space. So if you're at, you know, sanity, even though we might not, you might not call yourself a headless CMS, you're in the headless CMS space. So you can also like yep. keep track of those communities that way and kind of have those people as like, really they're exploring the concept not necessarily the product can we do outreach and get totally. them into the product gotcha um, thank you thank you for the clarification yeah, yeah. And, and there's there's a lot of different ways there's also we have an api so like you can track your own stuff and there's zapier integrations and so like there's a there's a beta for webhooks in general for getting data back out but webhooks that can go to any api can come on into the to the orbit api Anyway, so you go from, from exploring to like your first real interactions. Uh, again, what, whatever those may be. And you can kind of define these on your own too via things like we have a weight score for every activity. So Twitter follow uh, by default, and these can be changed, is a half a point of love. It's a half a point of weight. Uh, because it's not, it's not that big of an indication. It'll probably get you into orbit four. But if, you're, if you make like two Twitter mentions, those should have a higher weight. And I think, I think they default to like three or something like that. I have to go look at the, look at the data. But again, highly can, customizable. Can you tweak those? Yes. Okay. It, there's, there's an entire like activity types set up in your, in your workspace. Uh, and for any custom things you send in, you can also uh, change those. So like a, an example would be if you do have like a discourse forum or any forum software, right? But discourse, we have a first party integration. You can... Um, they, they automatically have pretty high weights because it is like hard to do, right? You're typing a question, you're typing an answer. It is a meaningful activity. But before you maybe have a big community, it might just be a very transactional forum. I have a question. I get my question answered. I'd never come back. So you can actually adjust those from the high weight that we default to for what would be like an active forum 
into lower weights to make sure that the gravity and the love scores all match up with the the metrics and the stage of the community that you're at. Uh, so if you're at a transactional community, your forums are probably not going to be a very high weight. But later on, when you have community members that are contributing and building community, they're going to be answering questions in your forum. And those answers should be a super high weight, right? Like if they took the time out to help a new person in the community. So we, uh, what me and my, my former coworker Chuck called the uh, the community flywheel. Like you, you have a new person come in, eventually if you treat them right and get them into this kind of contributing and building orbit, they become the person that does the activities for those orbit levels four and three. Somebody comes in, asks a question, they might go floating off, but if they see an active community and the active community is somebody that's like, super helpful and gives them like the coaching that they're looking for and asks the right questions, they're going to be orbit level two before you know it. Really cool. Um, I, I don't know if I can grill you anymore on the orbit model. I think, <laughs> I think you covered it so well. Do you want to jump, Brittany, do you have, do you have anything before we switch? Yeah. The visual of it is great sure. because it's like, as you're moving in on those levels towards the center of gravity, it's that increased love. But as you're orbiting around in, each of the levels, you're increasing your reach. So the more that they're contributing, the more love they're growing and the closer they're getting to you. I Absolutely. just, I and love the visual model of it. Yeah. And, and there's a, that's a very important thing. Like you mentioned reach and we've got kind of reach on this, on this diagram. And it's actually a metric that you can see inside of orbit as well. And then, you know, it equates to things like a person's Twitter following and stuff like that. And it's, it's important, but the idea for me that, that is really interesting. So it's going to let you identify your, your influencers and your devfluencers and all those good words. I actually care less about that. Uh, I think it's important. And like finding the, like, like the people that really enjoy your product and have a big audience is great. Um, like back in the day, like uh, one of West Boss's uh, courses on react on Gatsby, like had an entire section on sanity. And like, that's super important to know and super important to kind of track that sort of thing. But on the other side, Seeing the people that are truly in love with your product or your community. I'm, I'm more product focused. I'm a DevRel. Like that's, that's, my, that's my history. But like seeing those people that have a moderate, maybe a small reach, but are producing really cool things, whether it's like maybe toy code examples or writing blog posts and they don't have a following yet, you can use your, your community's reach, right? Your company's reach to make them have a bigger reach. So the next thing that they write has a big reach. And like, if you are the, the community that helped raise them up to be like what we all, as we, as we write blog posts, all of us that write blog posts, create content, do YouTube videos, all that, like we're not chasing fame, but it's nice. It's nice when the things that we do help people. Mm -hmm. Like I can talk about like going to a, a conference in Mississippi one time and like, I wasn't even talking because like the workshop track didn't happen. Uh, but like somebody in the audience was like, are you that guy from YouTube that wrote that before and after, or that, that recorded that before and after video? I'm like, excuse me, what? He's <laughs> like, that saved me so much time. Like, it, I, like I still get feels thinking about that, right? That still hits me yeah. in the feels. And so like, if I'm able to help people do that, A, it helps the brand, it helps the product, it helps the community. But that's, a, that's highly impactful in somebody's life because it might honestly get them their next really cool development job or their really cool design job or whatever it is because those of us who produce content know like producing content is a great way of getting noticed. And so I don't know, it just, 
again, you start getting into the wishy-washy and I can go back into the metrics and say like, as this person's reaching increases, they're an influencer now that mm -hmm. loves our product and is writing about our product. They weren't, but we helped get them there. And like that just invokes <laughs> so much love again, like redoubling that love back into the product. Like how you switched to me, like raise. I was like, <laughs> I saw a hand gesture. I had to get it in there. It's yeah, doing like, it for the right crazy. reasons, and I really love that part of it. It's yeah. like you're not reaching for fame, but you're putting this content out there, that learn, build, teach philosophy out there, yeah. to not become famous, to become an influencer, but to help people so that they come into your community and your orbit and become your influencers absolutely and, and like the and like the fun thing like personally right because i love talking about content creation too it, it's a lot of fun for me but like i've used my blog posts right like i, I like i don't remember the syntax like okay <laughs> even like before and after i've been doing css since css almost not quite but like <laughs> yeah. like close close on right, right? at it <laughs> like i still occasionally forget like one of the things that i need to do for before and after for the pseudo elements, right? And like, oh, I forgot to like put a block context on it, right? It, it's, it needs to have that, or I forgot to, to position it in a certain way. I'm like, okay, like I've gone and copied and pasted directly from my blog into my code editor uh, to make things work. And I've, I've hit issues that I've Googled and found myself and that's super fun and super like, you just can't kind of put your head down and say, okay, yeah, I, I'm the expert, right? Big, big quotes around that. <laughs> Everyone has to Google, but also that is a very important point that that's what I did too. When I was starting to learn to code, making blog posts about what I was learning gave me a place that I could go back to, to see later for myself, because I'm going to forget, but then it's there and it helps me, but it also helps somebody else. And there's, there's absolutely, and this gets into like education philosophy and spoiler alert, like before professional Brian came around, I have a degree in philosophy. So it's hard to get me to stop talking about like these kind of theoretical things, but the best way to cement your knowledge about something is to teach it. Like nothing, I've, I've taught at, at the college level, I've taught college journalism students how to do HTML and CSS. And I realized the first semester I was doing it that I knew, I knew how to do these things, but explaining them and why, like the why question, I became so much more knowledgeable about the CSS stuff I was teaching because I had to figure out, okay, no, no, actually, why? <laughs> like, what what causes this? And like, you build up that kind of knowledge. So like a long time ago, I knew that if I wanted my images not to have that like one pixel little space at the bottom, I needed to go display block. And I didn't realize that like images by default, anything that we call replaced content, right? So the object tag, the image tag, a whole bunch of other tags, like it defaults to inline block. I, I never really knew that. I never really knew that it's this kind of idea that you want the content to flow around it and all these other things that stem from like HTML spec forever ago. And like nowadays I get to know these things. So I had to go do research because like everyone's like, this makes no sense. I'm like, actually, well, actually it does make sense if you think about it with these constraints. We had a podcast with Prince Wilson that we did on teaching others to code. And that, that word pedagogy came up where it's like teaching others and that philosophy around like how that helps you actually learn more. So if, if you're interested in more about that, definitely give that podcast a listen because it was totally. a good one. Not to mention Prince is just awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well said. Um, cool. So I think we're, we're at the part where I'll probably ask you a million more questions, but let's take a look at the app 
if you have a better app than what I have, like more data in it, let me know. We can we can pivot, but I'll show you Coding Cat and what I have for now, and we can talk maybe a little bit more about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So this is this is my home page. Home page. Yep. It's it's the dashboard. It's got a few metrics happening. It's also got your your some of your new activity, but also things like. Uh, I love the tabs across the top here, right? Most active, super important, right? And kudos, you know, it's always good to have Phil as one of your most active. <laughs> um, and you've got like your, your high reach members. So you can kind of click over and get that. You've got new and promising, but also they're drifting away. And drifting away is a yeah, sad This threw me off. I'm drifting yeah. from myself. <laughs> I'll I don't know. Into that. I don't know why, but. Well, I you've got 90 days of inactivity. I mean, I, uh, I tweet a lot. You tweet like every day. <laughs> But you're you're tweeting every day, but you're not. This is this is a weird one, right? You're not mentioning yourself. Good, don't mention yourself. That's super weird. Um, but that I mean, that's that that kind of metric. And so you could you probably like, yeah. So so at this point, since you only have I, your Twitter hooked in here, right? Twitter, Twitter, Discord, and GitHub, right now. But this profile looks like it's just Twitter. Um, but you can also hover over the presence, and you can actually see oh. the breakdown over that presence to see. Uh, in the little chart over Oops. Oh, that works too. Sorry, um, I probably totally right. messed it up. There we go. Yeah, so like if you had various things happening, it would actually break down where the person is and what they're doing. Um, so I'd be very curious to know, to know like why you were mentioning yourself and stuff like that. But that's that's another thing. Me here. too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah, that's kind of uh, that's why you're drifting away. But it could be like in a product sense, right? Somebody was super passionate a year ago and hasn't mentioned, hasn't GitHubbed, hasn't done any of these things in a long time. A, did they change jobs? Are they doing something different? Uh, do they no longer like the product and you need to get some product feedback from this person? Do they just not, did a life event happen, right? Perfectly acceptable. Life yep. happens. That's a big deal. Um, like what, what's the reasoning? And sometimes you can kind of infer that. You can kind of, you could go, cyber stalk them in various ways but like uh it, it just kind of gives you that that insight into what's happening and also you get to see like how many people are drifting away and, and like yeah, what's the really kind cool. of health stat yeah um so you get to see like some current stats by actually like going over to the reports area and Ooh. you get some should i do a see all on the reports or just you can do see all i i usually use the the navigation on the left side but it gets you to oh, the, same, gotcha. the same spot yeah, yeah. So, so we start with like a 30 day look, but you can obviously go 90 day year um, and you can kind of see the active members, new members. I actually really enjoy uh, on the left side in the other section uh, down below the orbit model. So this is going to show you your active members per orbit. So wow. you currently have That's like cool. eight people in your like community building yeah. small orbit there. Um, and you can I'll see that bring it back got, up again. So yeah, eight in here. Okay. With like 130 exploring. And you can actually see the, the breakdown. And again, this with more data becomes maybe more actionable, but you can see your, your orbit level ones are on Twitter. So your community, your active, healthy community is Twitter right now. You can see that you're exploring and you're participating are Twitter, but they're also, there's a little bit of Discord happening. So maybe you're building your Discord right now and, and you're getting more people in there. If, if um, anyone knows how to set up a Discord correctly, please uh, DM me. I, I beg you. Like, we're, we're, I'm terrible at it. Brittany probably just doesn't have time for it. 
I can. I just don't know what we need. But <laughs> <laughs> well, and, um, and the fun thing, can you add YouTube into this? That was the other thing that I was going to interest. We don't in have too. a one-click install on that at this point, uh, but we do have in the integrations tab. So you can see all the plug and play, right? Twitter, GitHub, Slack, Discord, Discourse, and then there's the Ray to Connect, where we have created community um, things. That's a real thing. Like community repositories, code snippets, and stuff to most of them run in, Git, in GitHub Actions right now. So um, uh, for any of these, you go set up a GitHub Action. For YouTube right now, it's just comments. And so it's going to keep an eye on your videos and watch for comments. Uh, but there is like the open API. So you could do searches on a regular basis on YouTube and find new YouTube videos that have been created with some keyword uh, and have those automatically come in uh, as well. Uh, you can connect up Meetup. You can do some Reddit stuff, Stack Overflow I mentioned before. Uh, but YouTube, Twitch has an integration, but you have to make sure that the Twitch integration is running when you stream uh, so that it can track chat and stuff like that. But there's um, no integration for like analytics from YouTube. No, not necessarily. Because again, like we're looking towards getting the person, the member in. So while I care about YouTube views, I have a YouTube channel. You can't tell who I, that viewer is. I can't tell who, who that, I mean, I'm sure YouTube has that data, right? But I don't have that data. Yeah. Um, and so that you can, sense. you can. I don't think, I don't know how easy it is to get the likes. The likes aren't currently in that integration. It's just comments right now. But you could theoretically have likes come in as well, as long as it's uh, included in the API. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of all available in the API. We're working on making the integrations a lot tighter. Like I said, there's, there's this LinkedIn one, right? That is not as easy as we'd like it to be. And it's not, necessarily our fault uh linkedin is really hard to get an api key once you have the api key the github action is just like it installs and it's not that big a deal but getting the api key getting the api with the key with the right permissions getting through their moderation process it's a process um we currently are working on a, on a, on a plug and play integration there uh, because it's nice to have like honestly i'm always i'm always shocked at how active linkedin threads and communities are I'm not a LinkedIn person, um, but I pull it up every once in a while and I'm like, oh, there's like 500 comments on this post. Like what? Yeah. People use LinkedIn? Yes, apparently they do. Um, yeah, a lot. So. <laughs> Surprising. I, I have way more followers on LinkedIn than I do anywhere else. It's crazy. And like, I'm the surprised thing is, to like, see Notion there. So, I wouldn't think of Notion as a community necessarily. I wouldn't either, but surprisingly, it, it kind of works out. So, like, there, Notion has the concept of databases, right? And you can you can create forms that push into Notion so that you can be managing process and a whole bunch of other stuff, and then you can have those same things funnel over into into Orbit as well. There's actually um, my 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 colleague, uh, community advocate uh, Aaron, uh, has been doing uh, Spaces, Twitter Spaces, and she actually had one with. I have to go back and look. I, I, I didn't know this person, but she was amazing. And like building up Notion integrations and a Notion community around a whole bunch of different stuff. And it's kind of social when you think about it and when you when you set it up in a specific way. So there there is an ability to do some fun, uh, fun Notion stuff in there as well. That's awesome. So we, we talked a little bit kind of on those orbits and things about the waiting and stuff like that. Is, is that something we typically see people do or is it kind of just let it run for a while and see? I would say that you either 
need to know your community or you're going to use Orbit in beginning to learn about your community. Okay. Uh, so if you already have some kind of insights into how your community runs, then you're going to go in and you're going to modify the weights accordingly. Um, like is GitHub more important than Twitter? Are certain things right. in GitHub an indicator of somebody joining the community and doing like getting that higher gravity? Um, like is a, an issue more important in my community than a pull request? If I don't know this, I'm going to leave it and let it run for, for a couple months and see those insights kind of come in, see where my community automatically is falling. Uh, and then again, like there's, there's still human insight that has to go on with that. Because spikes in Twitter does not mean that your community is in Twitter. Um, there's spam sometimes that happens. That was a fun <laughs> thing that we got to deal with um, at Algolia was that for whatever reason, the, uh, the NFT crowd, the spam bots, <laughs> like were mentioning us constantly. Twitter got rid of those. They fell out of our data. Lots of good things happened there. Uh, but for a little while, like the Twitter mentions weren't a great indicator of our community. Mm -hmm. It's through no cool. fault of either ours or, or orbits. Like, but that was a great way thing. to see that. It just yep. like make, makes you aware of different things, which I really it, like. It gives, you, it gives you some things going on, gives you some tools to figure out what's going on. The context, And then gives yeah. you, and then eventually we're going to have more things around like, what do I do when X happens? And that's what like some of our blog posts are about. And that's what some, what I'm excited to kind of dig into. I've got like a list of 30 blog post titles that I want <laughs> I want to write, uh, so we'll we'll see how fast I can get my content cadence up. With it, without giving away like too much of the behind the scenes nitty gritty, how and I guess I see this isn't like LinkedIn. How do you associate Brittany Postma on Discord, who has a totally mm. different user number, with uh, Brittany Postma on Twitter? Oh, that's a good. So point. that's that's a great question, uh, and I definitely can't speak to the nitty gritty. Uh, three weeks at the company, haven't dug into the code base, have access to it, fun stuff. Um, but there's a couple mechanisms, right? Uh, we're, we're going to automatically do what we can when we can. Uh, there's not a lot that's happening. Um, got some thoughts around how that can be better, but we kind of can make some assumptions. And so I don't know if you have it, because there might not be a lot happening right now because you only had the three, three areas, but we can make assumptions based on username. We can make assumptions based on name. So you've got this re review merges button and that's where some of the human factor comes in, right? Because I wouldn't, like me personally, I'm not going to trust an AI to do this for me. <laughs> um, and so like there's, I like to refer to them as community taxes that have to be paid. We all, I mean, if we use real world analogy, right? Are we have different types of communities, right? And one's a community of, lo of location. The city that I live in is a community, whether I participate in it or not. One of the things I need to do to make sure that everything runs properly is pay taxes. Um, and so to make sure that my community is healthy, there's various things I need to do to make sure that these run. One of them is to make sure that I know my community members. And if I know my community members, I need to make sure that I've got all their profiles together in one spot. And I can do that with the review merge button. And we're gonna identify first and last name uh, similarities. We're gonna identify username similarities email address similarities, if we get that data from the various spots, a whole bunch of stuff. If you, if you were to push in uh, data that contained an email address, so the Twitter data that we get, I believe contains an email address, yeah. I would automatically be able to merge those safely. Uh, um, and I wouldn't have to come in here. The, the code will do that for you. However, if I can't do that, or if I don't have access to that data, again, via the APIs that are coming in, I can come in, oh, this is obviously Brittany. Like yeah. super easy. Thank you for having the same 
<laughs> the same. You do a photo right? match, right? <laughs> exactly. Like that's again, we're getting into AI and whether or not I trust our 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 robot overlords. But yeah, like I could very very much say these two photos, according to the computer, look the same. We don't have that. That's not what happened. But these, if you scroll down a little bit, you can actually see why we made the suggestion. Suggested because the names are similar. Gotcha. Right? So cool. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I can, as a human identify this with my artificial artificial intelligence and i can click actually what i do is switch the order see that switch order button because the bottom one takes precedence uh, so i want to make sure that Brittany, with all those great top. things yeah at the top oh thank you yep i'm terrible at following directions there we go so now you can safely click merge this new profile from discord i'm guessing is going to get merged in with the other one yeah uh, that could be discord so if I go back to members, did it not have my LinkedIn on there? Uh, I, well, I don't. See oh, you don't have the LinkedIn yet. integration. And yeah, right? a little bit of work to do, like like we mentioned. <laughs> Hold off on LinkedIn, uh, not too yeah. long. But, uh, oh really? But there's, there's I, I was actually working on it last night, so I will. If, if if you get through the approval process, more power to you. Uh, go ahead and implement, but I would maybe maybe wait, maybe hold off. Okay. So now I got merged. So I did. <laughs> I you went away. Probably do do the full search there, full name, or just just full Brittany. Uh oh. Maybe, maybe. Oh oh, I know what's happening. Go to filters. I'm guessing. I'm guessing as to what happened here. You are so we automatically say members, not teammates, uh, because okay. teammates should have a high love score. Um, <laughs> so Brittany is not a just a community member. She's a teammate. If she doesn't have a high love score and high activity. There's a problem with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So and again, like there's that the the planet. Let's let's say that Brittany is on the planet, right? Not in orbit one on the planet. Um, so yeah. So so that was why she wasn't there to begin with. But now you can click into Brittany and you can see all of her uh, profiles, and you can see a lot. That's great. Discord, Twitter. You can see her follower account there. GitHub. Hopefully, there's and, nothing too you know. sensitive, Brittany. I, I didn't ask you if we could share. <laughs> It's okay. Better to share Brittany than than another person. Right? I was thinking myself. Uh, all all yeah. of this right now is public data. You can do stuff in orbit and add data in that you would consider not public data, and that's when you you definitely need to be wary. Talk to talk about security, all that good stuff. Right now, all of this is public information, maybe except for the Discord stuff, but kind of right. The Discord stuff is kind of public. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, here's all of Brittany talking about coding cat dev. That's public. That's not that big a deal. Uh, you start putting notes in here, which you can do. Mm. Gets a little further afield. You put in some, you know, conversations that you've had much further afield. But you can add yeah. notes. The and Discord, it tags with the date. Yeah. Is the Discord stuff only from the coding cat? Only from the Discord server that you've connected? You have to connect a bot. So you have to basically, you have to own that that Discord. I'd be, exactly. It'd be awesome if I can just go up to like the jam. <laughs> That's why you said public. Discord, I was like, like you add mine? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you can scroll down a little bit. You can actually add tags in. Uh, so right now you don't have any tags, but let's say, um, let's say that you have a product and you want to be able to check against uh, product users. You can actually import like based on email address or based on an actual like bit in your workflow when a user signs up, you could automatically tag that person, a user of your product. So again, like going back to what I was talking about before, a community member that's not a user of my product, there's a question mark. Let's talk about question marks, right? Let's figure that out. Um, it might be that they just use a different email address, right? 
they're still a user of the product. But then you can also like, you know, for us, we talk about the different types of communities, right? We have community of practice, community of product, community of play. I could actually, since I have to care about all those because community is community, I can tag somebody community of product. And if my, my OKRs or my whatever, right, as a DevRel, whatever those may be where you are, you can then track specific categories of people. And like, let's say you want to, maybe you've been doing great in Europe and you want to track people in the US, like start talking about that. Or um, I want to find all my content creators. I don't care if they've created content about my product, but are they creating content? So let me ma manually add a tag. Um, one, one, one thing that we identified in our Discord the other day and I made a proof of concept that I'm a little angry at Apple about right now, but proof of concept, uh, somebody in our Discord was asking if they could give their DevRel team an easy way to add a member that hasn't done an activity, right? So they identify somebody they want to target on say Twitter, right? Whether that's high reach or talking about the topics that we like to talk about, or as a content creator we want to watch and follow, they're not talking about our product yet or our community yet. So they're not in our orbit, but I want to add them how can I do that? And so I made a, using the API, a, an Apple shortcut that hits a serverless function that automatically can add based on source and username and then has the ability to have a tag added on. And that's like a free text field that can add a whole bunch of tags, comma separated. I don't want to just add this person in. That's meaningless. There's no need for that because I don't know what to do with that data and they're not actually in the orbits. But if I add a tag that is, uh, follow-up or uh, community of practice or Jamstack or whatever, right? One of these things that's not attached to them as a person, right? But I know because I'm a human and I'm adding them. Then I can go and I can go to that members report, filter by that specific tag and find all the people and then start doing activities against them, right? Like, hey, I, I just want to reach out because I see you're doing some amazing stuff. I'd love to have you like write an article for us fully paid because that's important. Like let's pay our content creators and all that, right? Uh, but like actively go out and, and, and reach out. Uh, hey, we're in the same, we're in the same, we both love Jamstack. I use the Jamstack, that's my favorite community. Like, can we collab on something? Like I'm a Jamstack product, but I'm not asking for you, you to show for me, right? Like, can you and I work together and we'll use your framework and my headless whatever, and let's do something cool. Let's work together on it. And because I knew and I found them via, this other community and I added them in and I tagged them properly, I have that conversation starter and I can make a meaningful relationship and not just cold call and not just like reach out to influencers. I can say, we share space together. And I'm, I'm really impressed with all that you do. I'm in this community with you. Maybe we've never had a conversation. I'd love to just like grab coffee with you virtually and, and like figure out some cool stuff that maybe we can it's do. It's allowing you to identify those points where you can make relationships and build relationships. And I, I really like that. Don't Isn't network, there... build relationships. For, so for, for Builder.io, like we're looking for this kind of product um, specifically and OKRs and all that fun stuff. But we're also like thinking through, if you are like with us and like building up this brand for us and things like that, how can we give back to you? Is there a way to like, is that just back to the reporting side or is there any integration to automatically send out a printification like thing or how's that? So look? you absolutely could do that. It is, it is not currently baked into the product, right? Because there's, there's also a lot like every community is different. Like there's principles, right? There's tons of principles that govern a quality, healthy 
community. However, a community of product might care about a whole bunch of different things than a community of play. Um, spoiler alert, uh, we've been talking about like communities of fandom too and how like communities of fandom are really communities of product and all sorts of cool stuff. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun team to be a part of. Um, anyway. You, you were um, a psychology major, right? Philosophy. Oh, even philosophy. Better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and my, my coworker, Erin, she's got a master's and she wrote her thesis on like fandoms. It's, I love it. It's great. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. Um, we were just trying to kind of figure out like integration points, like to reward um, those individuals. I, I think that's always the biggest key for me is like, it's great. We're getting all this data on you and all that fun stuff, but how do we give back to you? Like that whole love part of it. I want to emphasize the most, especially coding cat stuff. Like I want people to be engaged, but I don't want to take up your time. If it's not worth it to you, how can I like say, thank you back? So right now there is there's no like automation built in right but there's there's things that you could do to either automate fully which I very rarely trust automation especially when it comes to outreach right yeah or semi automate which can go a long way right so if I have a conversation with somebody because uh, again conversation is like at the root of all of this if I have a conversation and I say hey I'd love to send you a t-shirt or hey I'd love to send you some swag or whatever that might be and they say absolutely. And like, I could send them a form. I can also just go in and add a tag to the person and have that tag automatically send them the form. And when they fill out that form, automatically have that go A to your swag provider, but also come back into orbit and say, they were, they were invested enough that they filled out this form and they want your swag. That's worth a wait point. Right. Like, so there's actually an article on the Orbit blog that kind of follows this methodology. Right. It's that kind of se semi automate kind of kind of methodology. But this idea that like you can track certain activities and certain actions and then do things based on that, whether that is via a webhook, which we do have a beta webhook product that, that could that could kind of fill that need or just via maybe like a daily cron job. As it turns out, Netlify now has. I was has just going to say that. <laughs> uh, again, Jamstack. Um, or like via like actually just going in and like on a weekly basis running that kind of community tax and saying where are my newest orbit two people what can i do for these people it might not be sending swag it might be like promoting their non-product related blog posts i love that like oh yeah that's like a great point. this person you know is an orbit two person let me subscribe to their rss feed let me get them into a Twitter list. Let me get them in a place where I can watch them and promote them and use mine and my product's reach to give back to them. Um, or it could be, I've seen that they have tweeted five times. They've figured things out, but they're doing things in a weird way. Why? Again, like that that why question, right? As a, as a DA, as a, as a DevRel, like, why did you do that hack? What did we like? What what did we put in our product that made you have to do that? Yeah, where um, where were the missing documentation points that we could have helped you with? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or like, there's this feature. Did you know about this feature? And like, and then you're like, oh, you just cut sixty lines out of my program. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Like, now let's do, like, where did you go to look for that? Oh well, I checked these docs and it wasn't there. Okay, I'm gonna I go do. put some <laughs> signposts in to make sure you get to the doc that you needed at that point. That's awesome. Cool. So what am I missing? Like we talked about how you get the data in, what the data looks like, all about the Orbit Love 
model, which is kind of key to it all. What else? So I would say that, that everything else is philosophical, which I love. Um, there, there, there's some, some, some big plans and some cool stuff coming. But uh, the, the big thing that I like to talk about um, is that what you do with community isn't to capture value. It is not to capture value. And there's actually Pat, Patrick, our CEO, I think wrote a blog post on this and you can find it. I didn't actually, I didn't have the, the word value capture that he added like to, to the idea. Like this is how I feel, but it's also like, hey, Patrick wrote a blog post about it. What you do with your community is you create value. You never focus on the value capture. You never say, what can my community do for me? Because when you start doing that, you start influencing the types of things that you do in the community. So if it's all about getting community members into the product, then I'm going to do drastically different community interactions. If it's building a healthy community around my product, it's going to be slightly different. So always look to see how you can create value for your community before you capture value. This goes back to like UX principle. I, I'm a former UX designer. Like when I would meet with clients back in my agency life, I would always say you need to give them something before you ask for something. So whether that is asking them to buy something or asking them for their email address, always give information before you ask for information. The same in a community, right? Create as much value. And again, leave the top of funnel, leave the funnel to your sales folks, but know that when you create value, value is automatically going to happen eventually. It's a, it's a longer play, but it, it goes a long way. Um, and the other side of that is, especially for new communities, um, and I've got, this is one of my, one of my blog post titles in my, in my notebook that is not outlined yet, but needs to be, is that to create a sustainable community in the beginning takes unsustainable work. So even if it- Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw my hands up. I'm like, yeah. touchdown. <laughs> like, exactly. It does a lot of work. I touch- because you want to make everyone feel in included, valued, all of these important things. And those are the people, when you get those, those community advocates, when you get those people that aren't a part of your company or aren't a part of your community team, like I go back a decade ago doing in-person user groups. I did a front-end user group called the Memphis Web Workers, did a hackathon every year, did conference stuff, all that. You, you, you have to like welcome them. And then you have to answer the questions that come up. If you're a community of product, like every question that comes in needs an answer. Hopefully you've got a support infrastructure for that. If you don't, they still need an answer because every question that goes unanswered is an unwelcome signal. This is a signal that you're not welcome here. It's a signal if no one's around. It's a signal for all these things. So as you're building a community, you put in all the work and those community advocates then become your community builders and then it's sustain it becomes more sustainable, right? It's not just the, the community team and the product doing it. It's the community members helping do it. And that's because you did the work, you provided those people with so much value that they want to give value in return. And value is not a dollar or euro or what have you, right? <laughs> it can be anything. It can be the next content tutorial. It can be the next person that just says, hey, to the person that is in the introductions channel so that the community person can, you know, take a lunch break and, you know, have a vacation and all that. Right. That's but like, thing. 
and again, like no burnout, right? I'm a, I'm a nine to five guy. I've got a six year old, like, I'm not saying like unsustainable human, unsustainable, like these are things that you can't automate. A discord bot saying hello to everyone is not the same as when you introduce yourself and you put two paragraphs of text in, I shouldn't just say hi. You provide me a, like, I, this was a big, a, a big deal at, uh, at, at Sanity. Like you say, hi, I'm going to click your link that you provided. I'm going to look at your website. I'm going to say, I love this thing that you did over here. Like honesty, you know, don't be. Recognizing the value that that person is giving your community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, and just recognizing that person as a person and saying, you have passions. I like these passions that you have. They don't have anything to do with our product, but that's an awesome website or that's a really cool article you wrote or that's a cool YouTube video you produced. Like I liked when you did X. Cause if you just say like, oh, great website. What's that mean? I really love the navigation on your website. That logo on your website is, is, is awesome. Like way to go. Like that's, that's really cool. Or like, I never, like my favorite, my favorite thing to be able to say to somebody, again, truth, right? Don't just like say it to say it is I never thought I could use it like that. I, person who works at company, never thought I could use the product like you just used it. Like how, how mind-blowing is that as a community member? Like this, this happened at Sandy a lot. Sandy is like that interesting style product that like you can really do anything with it, including some really weird stuff that maybe isn't recommended, but like, <laughs> oh, you're like, you're using it to like track help tickets and like, Oh, okay. Like super cool. Yeah. You can totally do that. Like I never, I never thought you could do that. Uh, like cracked up, man. Crack is yeah, and, and in, at orbit, right? Like I've been an orbit user for, for two years and like joining the company and seeing some of the stuff that, that we do, like keeping track of community members that use the product that have signed up for the product. Never in my life of two DA roles using the product. Had I thought about that? Like that. Okay. Yeah. Like that. So if a, if, a, if a community member came and came up with that, like recognize that. I mean, there's like game recognizer game or what have you, but like just recognize cool stuff that's happening and it goes so far. That's awesome. I feel like well, I'm going to be coming back to this podcast over and over again, just to take in more I'm, like of this, because it's just so many good bits of information and pieces and I'm going to be diving more into orbit. I love it. Yeah, we might have to do a part two after like I've been on for six months or something. Yeah. And and I'm and talk about like unsustainable sustainable growth, right? Like just I got I got a calendly, like let's meet up and we'll talk about like implementation stuff. Like that's always that's always good too. Like, oh ha- have you thought about right? Like wh- whatever that is. Like that's always <laughs> yeah. fun too. Cause some it's like I don't have to do the work on that, right? I can be like, have you thought about this? Here's a code snippet, like try it out. Um, but yeah. Cool. Well, I think we're going to switch gears into our perfect picks. Uh, I've already forgotten your other one, but I have put up Island's architecture for mm. us to take a look at. Yes. Do you want good to blog tell us on too. all about it? Uh, I am by no means the person that you want to tell okay. all about it. Uh, we should definitely have an, have an episode dedicated to that that's not me talking about. But to me, and this is why it's, it's my, my pick for 2022. I, I said this a little bit in December on some other things, but like it is what React and React-like things, the promise of those from a decade ago is now being realized. Like the whole concept of React, right? When it was first coming out was it's the view layer 
and it can be these tiny little things. But what what inevitably happens the minute you start doing one little thing in React is that it balloons. Now it takes over your entire app. You have a single page application, and I don't philosophically like single page applications. They work for applications of a certain type. They don't work for websites, and I like websites. Um, but a static HTML page that I wrote in React in various ways that has little chunks of interactivity inside of it. Little islands, perhaps, of interactivity that hydrate differently, right? Some happen at build time. Some happen at load time. Some happen at interaction time. And how can I do that in an easy way? As it turns out, it's not the easiest thing to solve. Uh, but there are some places that are solving it now. Astro.js is a big initiative that came out last year. Um, my personal favorite jam in the Jamstack is the Eleventy static site generator. I absolutely adore Eleventy and everything that Zach Leatherman has done there. It's kind of hard to do front end stuff inside of it because it's this like HTML builder and it's beautiful and I love it. Uh, but there's a project in that. Uh, called Slinkity, which is doing islands architecture inside of Eleventy, And it's using like the power of Veep and some of these new big tools that are coming out. Same with Astro. Astro, I think now uses Veep. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff happening to do these things that happen in build time, page load time, interaction time, lazy load time, like all these different hydration mechanisms in one in one go. And there's also, there's uh, Isles.js, which is the view alternative. But like Astro, you can toss a, on one page, I wouldn't recommend it, but on one page, you can toss a Svelte component, a React component, a Vue component, an Astro You're component. Like, we wouldn't <laughs> recommend it, but you can do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and if, if you think about it, if, you, if all those fire at build time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Maybe you, you bloat your build by two seconds. Happening at, at like browser time, at request time, well, not request time, but at like browser load, you probably don't want to load all three of those frameworks at the same time. Probably <laughs> a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, but you could. We're definitely going to have to get Ben Holmes on to talk about Slinkity because I'm I'm very uh, intrigued by it. And I think we talked a little more about Island's architecture with Mishko, right? For the quick framework. So we talked a little bit about yeah, that in the last podcast we had with him. Yeah, we talk about yep. Island's all the time with Mishko. So it's it's a crazy, crazy, um, I wouldn't even call it fad. Like it, it's the promise that we're finally getting to. Yeah. Don't don't get Ben on. Get Get the whiteboard on. The whiteboard. That's the whiteboard name, is, is like the, community. it's the mascot. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, go look at, uh, what was the jam.dev? Was he on that? I think so. I think. Yeah. I and, and there was another one recently that he was on. It's, it's really good. He was on Learn With Jason. Maybe that's where it was. Cool. Goes to communities too, right? Inside jokes. Inside jokes happen in communities. <laughs> it, if, I, if I could find a metric to measure inside jokes, I totally would. Yes. Um, Brian, I, I can't remember your other pick, or maybe that's good enough because that was awesome. I, I mean, hey, that, that's good enough. I, I I will say, like, since like I, I know that sometimes it's like, what kind of product thing, or like, what kind of fun thing? I use my Stream Deck like pretty much constantly. Oh, that's fact, like, let's, yeah. like, I can just like, oh no, where'd Brian go? Oh, he's back. Like, one <laughs> button controls two Elgato lights, controls all sorts of stuff. So, um, in, in the past Very two cool. years, my Stream Deck is always by my side. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to grab you offline and see what uh, shortcuts you use so far. It's not a whole lot, but it's it's enough that just it, I actually need to reinstall and get my uh, Zoom leave shortcut. There's a Zoom leave oh. one, and so one button like you just hit and you're out of the Zoom call instead of clicking leave twice. It's just yes. Well, anyway, 
have an I have an XL and it's embarrassing because I have turn lights on, turn lights off, and it's been that way for four months. So <laughs> okay. I got my OBS screens and some other stuff, but yeah. Up your StreamYard game. <laughs> so my my first pick, I was kind of uh just checking out different like UI packages and stuff. And I noticed this one for Next.js and it looks, it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's got a ton of different components, uh, light mode, dark mode, maybe there it goes. <laughs> All that fun stuff. Um, and they have like the full layout. So it's very similar ish, I would say to like a movie type of theme that's floating around out there, but um, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. And it looks like there's some more that are, Looks like a really up. nice component library. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I don't know if it's like a hundred percent geared towards next somehow. That's the piece I was still trying to uh, dive into further. Or if it's just another React, a React, yeah. In the next name because it's popular. I, I'm not sure. So I will it's update in the docs once I dig in further to see if there's some sort of fancy server side rendering or some crazy thing occurring. I don't know. I'm sure it, pair, it pairs like a like a fine wine with with next. I'm That's sure. right, <laughs> right. Uh, second one, I'm sure most people have heard of, but I'm just discovering apparently is two JS. So this is a two dimensional drawing API. Three JS. Um, I had not yeah. heard of this. Yeah, three. So three JS does like the full modeling canvas, yeah. all that fun stuff. Um, this is pretty cool because it just has like basic type of 2D shapes. Interesting. Like, yeah, two Ds. That are floating around and you can do stuff like that which is not showing up great but a little animation yeah. thing going on so it's got a lot of cool things very very uh, easy to use small small package uh production no that can't be it i thought it was g oh g zipped is even smaller, smaller than that yeah right. and the most important metric the g zip the g zip what's the new brotley brotley right yeah. is the smaller faster version of g zip before I jump into my perfect picks, oh, could you okay. do me a favor and could you go and find that's my jam stack? Because now uh, since we didn't get a chance to mention it, I just want to highlight and show that Brian is a fellow podcaster, very similar podcast as we have with an interview style. And if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely go check it out. There's a lot of crossover with ours. So I want to throw that in there. Uh, I, I, think I appreciate you it. Frozen, uh, Alex. Oh, in, in like the best way possible. <laughs> uh, but, but I'll just say, yeah, that, that's my jamstack.com. Uh, it is, we're in season three at this point. I, I arbitrarily cut seasons off. Uh, I'm not good about a regular cadence anymore. I used, like season one, I got like 20 episodes and like they were every week. Uh, I have two more episodes coming out. Uh, I just need to do the transcription because even with AI, transcription is hard. Um, but yeah, uh, I appreciate the shout. We talk. We we're bites a bite sized podcast, so it's an interview podcast, about twenty to twenty five minutes per episode, and we ask the age old question: What's your jam in the jam stack? What's your jam in the jam stack? I love that. I like that you keep them bite sized, so that's a little easier to digest. And back in the day, it was roughly uh, one commute's worth for me. It was about about twenty five oh. minutes was my old commute time. Uh, and I, I figure anyone in a mid-sized, not large, but mid-sized city is probably on like a maybe a half-hour commute. Um, it's also bingeable, right? That's 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 a thing. That's a buzzword. That is, yeah. I'm gonna try to pull it up here. It appears we might have to take like a. That's my damn stack. 
trying to get it in there. See it's also one of, those, one of those concepts that uh, when you have a random idea, like that can cha can change things for you. And there were like questions that we left by the wayside, right? But like, uh, I had this idea during like that whole like indie phase, um, and I didn't think it was gonna be a big deal. I was like, oh, you know, I'll I'll talk to some people that I that I really respect in the industry. They're all in this area. I love the Jamstack. Um, and like it became, it changed my focus from like doing CSS materials and content to Jamstack stuff, like overnight and like whole bunch of change in how I like thought about where my life was going to go, uh, all from creating my first podcast. Yeah, um, I was seeing on there that we have uh, Anthony Campolo. We just recorded an episode with him. We're big fans of James Quick and Amy Dunn. Two online with James. <laughs> oh, really? And compressed. Like we've had Brad on, we've had Debbie on, we've had everyone on. We love it, and I love that you have si kind of similar guests to us. So I'll go ahead and get my next pick up. I can get over there now is the jam.dev, which we just kind of mentioned a minute ago. Right now it is available on Crowdcast, but I've heard that it is going to be uploaded onto YouTube. So I'm hoping that we will have a YouTube link to that before this podcast goes live. And then my last pick is this little ring holder, which I wish I could show you, but I use my phone as my camera, but it is on the back of my phone and I have never dropped my phone. Knock on wood, because now I'm going to, but I can slide my finger through it and it's better than a pop socket to me because I can brace my hand around my phone easier. And I have these little tiny coding cat dev stickers that's like this tiny like quarter size and it goes right over that logo. So I have the coding cat dev right on the back of my phone. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. Brand awareness right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> So remember the uh, the storm we were talking about a little bit ago? Uh, I just completely lost power, so <laughs> I'm back. I I, awesome. I was gonna. I was... Whoops, my bad. <laughs> Hello. I hit the wrong uh, yeah, I was gonna like send an email this morning. I'm like, should be fine, but my power <laughs> or internet could go out at any time. And as it turns out, that's. I love my neighborhood because we have underground power. We have had flickers, I think, twice ever. Yeah, same. It's it must be interesting out there. Oh, we, no. we, we've got it, but we also have a whole bunch of trees by a, by a transformer, like big uh, forest right by a transformer. It's good times. Awesome. Well, thank you for continuing the picks without me. I uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. And uh, Brian, thanks for, so much for coming on as a developer advocate. I think I just learned more uh, than I ever knew before. And yes. hopefully I'll keep building this thought. <laughs> awesome. I'll, oh, always glad to talk about thoughts, philosophy, and community building. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Love we'll have to have you on again. Thanks, y'all. Take yeah. care.